dear listeners of the Female Guides Requested Podcast, happy Wednesday. I'm your host, Tintin from Las Vegas. Today's episode is different from all the previous ones, and we also have our first male guest. This episode is the first episode of the new series called Guides Beta. There are many things guides want to know other than getting certifications. There are many questions guys want to ask, and this is my attempt to collect wisdom from the community. In today's episode, our guest Jet Porter talks about independent guiding. Jet is an IFMJ AMG mountain guide. He writes articles and yearly reviews to help demystify guiding as a profession on his blog. He serves as the president of the CGC board. CGC stands for Certified Guides Co-op. He guides more than a hundred days a year and makes most of his income through guiding. We talk about the definition of independent guiding, the mindset of treating guiding as your business, whether guiding can feed a family of four, the ins and outs of the CGC, its vision. And mission, its cease of operation since February, and its potential future. Should we be pessimistic or optimistic about guiding? Should we go find a so-called real job? Should we always have backup plans? Can we find creative ways to pivot guiding? None of the questions has an easy answer. And I hope this episode can help you navigate through some of the challenges guides often face. Oh, rest assured, we will keep featuring amazing female guides. Now, please enjoy this interview with Jet Porter. Jed, welcome to the show, the Female Guides Request Podcast. And we have this new section. We I like to call it the Guides Beta. So we are going to talk about um, topics that many guys are interested in. And today, the, the, the theme for today is independent guide. Then there's a reason I invite you to talk on this show, because I think you have an excellent choice for talking about this topic. Um, two things. One thing is I know on the Facebook AMGA Professional Members Forum, you post this yearly review, right? How many years have you done that? Oh, I don't know. Four or five, I suppose. And then in that review, can you just briefly tell the audience what you put in the, those reviews? Yeah, I keep some basic stats, work, uh, volume of work, nature of the work, some location information, uh, various post-trip uh, like debrief type questions. I'll, I'll I'll answer for myself and and summarize, and then I think what gets people really going in the on the within the guiding community is that I'll post my wage and tip information, uh, and more recently I've been posting and collecting information on the uh, like what the clients pay and then what I pay. Or what I'm paid as wages. 
Oh, uh, maybe we'll touch on that a little bit. And then, so another reason that I know I think you are appropriate guest for this is you also right now serve as the president of the CGC, which is Certified Guides Co-op. Yeah, yeah, the president of the board of the CGC. Uh, okay, yes, the president of the board. Yes, minor detail. Right. Um, well, the CGC is a very interesting story. Uh, we can talk a little bit more on that. And so maybe do you want to just do a very quick intro of yourself or the audience too, you know, other than all these two reasons so that people can know you a little bit more? Sure. Yeah, I'm a, a full-time year-round mountain guide. Uh, I live in eastern Idaho on the Wyoming border. So summertime is in the Tetons and winter, summer and winter in the Tetons, and then spring and fall is largely travels for work. I have uh, a year and a half old little daughter and my wife, of course. And in addition to guiding, in terms of family income, we have a couple rental units and I do some freelance writing as well. Uh, but guiding is 75, 80% of the cash flow for the family. Wow, you are very transparent about like where your income sources are. Thank, I mean, thank you for that because I know that especially you said that thing is like a lot of guys are very interested is that you put your wage or mm -hmm. average daily wage on your report, right? Because uh, people ask me just like, seems like you can't find any data on that. And obviously you are just one example. There will be more people out there and then who knows how much they get paid. Uh, but certainly we don't really know what's the industry standard out there. And also, okay, one thing you were talking about, so you mentioned you're a full-time guide. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I always have this question, it's like, what does that mean by full-time guide? Like, does that mean that you work a certain amount of days or does that mean that you consist of the major of your income or does that mean that you exist a certain amount of salary? What's your definition for oh, full-time guide? That's a real good question. Because by work volume, I'm not nearly as full-time as some. You know, I work 110, 120 field days a year, or up to. Some years even less than that. Uh, a lot of administrative and travel time makes it full-time. And for me, like I said, it's not my only source of income. There's always been side hustles along the way. Uh so I guess for me, it's just an easy, short, shortcut, shorthand for it's the biggest thing I do ah. professionally. And you said they consist of like 75 to 80% of your current income, right? Yeah, Riding. roughly, yeah. Yeah. So because I've heard people told me, I was just like, well, they consider themselves a full-time guy. It's just like 100 days in, in the field, like a year. And then they probably have some other office or the main work but it seems like above a hundred I don't know whether it's a consensus or not but a lot of people think that's a lot of days in the field yeah that seems like a good benchmark to me it, okay it, but but it, depending on the nature of the work like fewer than a hundred could also still feel pretty darn full-time if they're definitely you know yeah let's come back to independent yeah. guide so what does it even mean? It seems like in United States, it's very hard to be an independent guide. But do you consider yourself an independent guide? Yeah, I consider myself an independent guide. I, I think the easiest definition 
is that an independent guide is it's either like a a label or a title or it's or it's a role that all of us sometimes play any 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 guide who's generating their own work okay so you i would think of as an independent guide whether that's return clients or or you know marketing themselves promoting themselves somehow uh that you know that falls to me under the independent guide label okay so you're saying that they recruit that their clients on their own yes recruit and or or maybe not the initial recruitment maybe the initial introduction to a client was through a, a guide service a guide service or an off the dock uh fishing off the dock refer to it in the tetons you know someone who signs up with with a guide service and then is assigned a guide from the guide's perspective we, we refer to them as fishing off the dock and then then that client wants to do something else in that same area or in a different spot with that guide in my view that that's when the relationship changes from or the that's when the nature of the business changes from a guide's perspective when it's when the guide is is arranging that work one way or another directly with the client through interactions directly with the client so you're saying that like your definition of an independent guide is this guide is actively kind of running his guiding almost like a business yeah or or it certainly can be they can be and should be right. in my view yeah yeah because i mean obviously guys is in the service industry right then probably all the guys are more or less if they try hard for the, their client retention can be maybe like 20% or 50% independent guide i i think so i think it's debatably like anyone who's doing it full time you know mm-hmm. is is generating some of their own work either seasonally or geographically in order to just make a living doing it. You know, there aren't many places or times or companies with which you can just work that off the dock work year round. Right. True. Yeah. So yeah. People do it, of course. You know, if you if you do summer in the Tetons and autumn at Red Rocks and you know, winter teaching avalanche courses and a spring on Denali, like you don't necessarily have to drum up any of your own business. I see. But there aren't many people doing exactly that rotation and outside of that rotation there isn't. So you mean like off the dock means you say, okay, you, you travel to say different region according to the season and then pick up work there. Uh, well, I, the off the dock, maybe that's a, a confusing phrasing that uh, the, the, the implication there is that a, the client contacted a company and then that company assigned the work to one of their staff guides uh, versus the client contacting the guide and the guide uh, figuring out how to run the trip. Figuring out how to run the trip, you know, either with their established business relationship at maybe their own business maybe the company they work for locally maybe companies they work for elsewhere maybe some guest guiding one-off guest guiding arrangement uh whatever but to me the distinction is is in like where that initial client contact comes from i guess okay so would you say that the majority of your work would be like this 
Yeah, it, it's eighty percent of the work. My work volume is independent guiding guide work I generate myself. I see. Yeah. And obviously, you think if you choose to do this way, that it's a better approach than just tra- comparing to say travel around and hang out and get work. I think it's. I wouldn't say it's better. I I, I personally like having these. I, the way it manifests for me is that I have close relationships with with a small number of clients, and and work with them over weeks and months and years and decades in some cases. And that I like that personally. Uh, so in that way, it's better to me. But I also think it's just a it's sort of a business reality. There isn't. I I, I don't. I haven't seen very many guides make a legitimate sustainable living without having any contact with clients on their own uh right yeah that comes down because i'm not interested and i obviously try hard for my own client retention too because i just think that i mean first of all just like you said it's nice to have a long-term relationship with some clients you care about and uh, also potentially generate more income yeah. myself because you put you just put more work in there and and I'd say in that in that in that fashion when you're retaining clients it, it, by in my definition here you're working as an independent guide you're okay but in my definition of all right but I don't know but not you know what in Red Rock that I'm right now mm-hmm. this season I'm employed by uh, the institute Mm-hmm. I don't think in their point of view that I'm the independent guide. Sure. And I, I don't know that it matters. Okay. Because <laughs> I, 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 as like, as I'm always working as an employee in the United States, the way, uh, especially now with the, the, the CGC inoperable, um, I'm always an employee of a different company and I have to work within that company's policies have to work within labor laws and 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 such uh it, so it's more a mindset thing like i first work for these clients and i and i work within the the constraints of the business structure to do so and that means being an employee i see I right it, it's it's maybe it's some mental gymnastics i'm doing here uh but it the clients come first. The, the, the clients are what defines the business, in my view. I see. Because obviously, if you, the client just can pay you directly, you probably just take that. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. But then, obviously, in the United States, it's not how the things work. That's correct. The permit mm-hmm. system dictates otherwise. Right. And would you agree if I say that here, uh, the biggest hassle for, say, U.S. guys to really freely independently work because for me my ideal way just like okay i'm a rock guide right hopefully i can go guide yosemite but i can't that's correct right because they don't um even let me guest guide so i have to be their staff guy which is another story um some some areas i can't but however uh the dream of independent guys is like okay Wherever this client wants to go, you can, because you will figure out a way. 
but then since that the permit is a biggest hassle here in the United States, I don't know whether you agree with that. It's definitely it's definitely a a major obstacle. It's it's especially as compared to other parts of the world, it's a huge hassle. For sure. Yeah, and that's kind of an interesting topic because, um, well, yeah, I have MGA guide. Do you work outside of the United States? Uh, not not in a meaningful fashion in recent years. And, but uh, how familiar you well with other countries or other area system? Can you do like a quick comparison with yeah for US sure system? Yes. Uh, the 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 major Alpine countries in Europe. You know the the credential, the IFMGA credential, certi- the guide certification in in the Alps gets that individual access to the to the terrain, and they can work through a company or they can recruit the recruit the clients themselves. But the the credential is the access to the terrain. In Canada, it's kind of a hybrid, right? They they have a land management system similar to ours, and that commercial use is regulated closely as it should be. Uh, but the guide association and, um, and and the groups of guides share permits such that they can work somewhat more independently than we can. Uh, South America is a whole uh, morass of different rules and minimal rules, really. Uh, New Zealand, I understand, you need to be certified and need to be new from New Zealand. Um, Japan's rules have changed recently. I don't quite understand them. Uh, and then here in the U.S., yeah, that as we know it, that all commercial, all public land needs is the commercial use of all public land is regulated. Like I said, as it should be. I think that's we might kind of get a little stuck on this, but uh, I, for one, am in favor of regulation of commercial interests on public land, even when that commercial interest is me. You know, uh, the way it's regulated, it, it limits the the number of entities that can that can access in most places, right? Uh, limited by paperwork, just you know, just bureaucratic obstacles. Limited by hard and fast rules, like uh, X number of companies are allowed to work. As in Yos- Yosemite's the the classic example, right? Just one company with. 12 unionized staff guides and no more no less uh with and that's the most strict of the very sought after destinations there's other destinations that are a little less strict but still limited so you mean that so in canada is a hybrid system so the association so for for a guy they can potentially say guy in the Banff and then the guy in Squamish relatively easy that's my understanding uh, and I've only ever worked in Canada through the CGC which held permits holds the permits uh, but my understanding is that effectively a guide in Canada certified in Canada can, can work in all the major because parts the of Canada because the association holds the permit I believe that's how it works okay but the hot, obviously in United States is a uh, very location based. Yeah. Right. Each location will has its own permit process. 
And then our association doesn't hold any permit because our association doesn't define. I mean, the AMGA doesn't define itself as the entity should go. Hold it's the not、permit. an access organization. It's、right. an educational organization.、Yeah. Exactly. Oh, okay. So then, currently, for say the independent guy, if they want to travel and guide, they either apply if they. They start their own business. They either apply for permit on their own.、Mm-hmm. Otherwise, most do guest guiding. I think. Yeah. So-called guest guiding. Yeah. So-called. That's a good way to put it. It's not this clearly defined thing. What is guest guiding?、It's, yeah. What's what's guest guiding? Guess,、uh, none of us really know. It's. I, I'm no. <laughs> when I when I work, I'm here working in Red Rocks right now as a guest guide. Right. Uh. But the land manager and. The liability insurance and the IRS, like in all according to all those entities, I am no different. I am I am a legal employee of the Mountain Guides,、uh, just on a short term basis. And but the Mountain Guides refers to me as a guest guide rather than a staff guide. Right. So it's a it's a company level distinction, not a formal. Labor law distinction or anything? Yeah, I mean, of course, for IRS, it's like、right. you are just an employee by、yeah. of some company. Yeah, and as long as you pay your tax, right? Fine. Yeah, yeah. But then for okay, but that's that's a kind of like a term flowing around among guys, right? Because if you don't、yeah. hold the permit, you need to somehow figure out. Yeah, it's a very it's a very important term, and it, it's how like you start the conversation. Hey. You hold the permit in the Black Canyon. May I come and guest guide there? You know, it's just it's just our, our the term we've developed to to streamline those initial conversations.、Right. It doesn't mean anything to the client either, quite frankly. You know, it's just a term for it's a, it's an insider insider baseball term. Okay, then how's your own business model for yourself then? Because I know that I have some friends, right? So.、Um, They are located in some areas. The permitting is a little bit relatively easier.、Mm-hmm. Like for example, Joshua Tree, right? right? It's relatively easy.、Um, or some area in Washington States. So then they have then they register their own business. So they apply those permit. And if they travel, say go to say Utah. Then、mm-hmm. they will try to find guest guiding. Yeah. So is that also kind of how you work, or you, do you hold any permit? I don't hold any permits. No, the、uh, the CGC does, and I'm a member of the CGC, so that worked enough well enough for me. I've never lived anywhere where I did enough. I've never done enough volume of work in any spot where it justified me individually or my my LLC holding. Uh, holding any permits,、okay. so so, especially now with the CGC inoperable, every single day I book is through a, a company. Okay, a, a, that's not mine. Right. Yes. So yeah, we mentioned quite a few times about CGC. Maybe it's time to talk a little bit about、sure. CGC. So CGC is Certified Guides Co-op. Yeah. Um, were you a founding member? No. Okay, are you familiar with the the star, the inception of CGC? In, in, in very rough terms, yeah. Okay, because I'm a little bit later 
time okay. frame. So, um, do you know? Can you can you describe it? Yeah, just based on your understanding. Yeah, it it's it was 2010. Uh, it was started as the Certified Guides Federation. CGF, and the the motivation for starting it was was twofold, almost equal term, equal parts, uh, supporting independent independent guiding like we've been talking about, and working towards uh, reciprocity for IFMGA guides from other countries. One of the conditions, so the AMGA is a member of the IFMGA. And one of the conditions of AMGA membership in the IFMGA is that we offer other countries, certified guides from other countries, reciprocal access here. We can go to France and they can come here and we can go to New Zealand and they can come here and whatever. Uh, so the CGC was an effort motivated by that to, to, to fulfill that uh, Requirement, yeah, um, because it's only fair, right? Because, it's only fair, right? U.S. IFMGA guys can go to Alps and guide there, That's but correct. then they can't come. Here. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that was the initial founding uh, motivation, in my understanding. Um, All right. So it's kind of like a solution. Well, that kind of underneath well the current permit system in the United States, you're trying to create a solution for yeah to fulfill that yeah mission. Okay, and it had to it had to rebrand at some point from the CGF to the CGC. It's now cooperative, and uh, members buy in, and the, I think the yeah a member buys in and then can activate that membership with additional fee, and then. Until February of 2023, uh, and the CGC in turn holds permits and liability insurance, and for for years and years through t- February of this year, uh, activated members in good standing could uh, could run trips on those permitted areas and select areas overseas uh, for a for a flat daily fee. Uh, yeah, I mean, certainly because I use CGC's permit to run like a handful of trip in Indian Creek. Oh yeah, yeah. So, um, and it, it worked well for me for sure because that's like most net income that I mean, if the same amount of people comparing to I just guess guys to say other company, right? So that was like a no brainer. It was me. a great deal. Yes, for guys. For guys, for sure. Um, so then what's, what was the reason that now the CGC is, I stopped operating? Uh, risk management, institutional level risk management. The, the biggest thing of which was that the insurance, the liability insurance we had and have, uh, will not cover an incident or claim, uh, given the way it was all set up. Uh, one way to look at it is that from a client's perspective, uh, the client 
pays in the in the way the CGC was working, the way you used it in Indian Creek, and I used it in Indian. I've used it in Indian Creek myself and all over the country. Uh, client paid paid me, specific, my LLC specifically, but that's irrelevant. Basically, me. Client paid me, and then ran the trip with me, uh, and then I in turn paid the CGC fifty bucks for that day of climbing in Indian Creek. Uh, so I was no, I was not, as it turns out, upon legal review and such, me as the guide, I was not a, a representative of the CGC covered under the liable insurance. I was essentially a customer of the CGC paying them for a service. And you can't, I couldn't, couldn't, can't just like buy a section of that insurance for the day. It was, uh, so I wasn't covered by the guides operating under the CGC prior to February 2023. We're not uh, covered by the insurance at, like we thought we were. Oh. That was the big one. The other little things about the way trips are registered and approved and such and documented uh, that would be much easier to clean up. But the insurance thing is the is the big obstacle. Now, that doesn't paint us all very, in, in very good light. It's important to to note that we, we as in the CGC administration board and, and uh, management, understood what we were doing and asked specifically multiple times about the the suitability of what we're doing and the insurance we had and, and, uh, and we're given affirmative answers all along the way. And it's possible that older insurance policies would have been better than the, than the one we had have right now. Uh, we know we can't get one that says the right things going forward. Um, so we, we sort of got a little duped by the insurance business, unfortunately. Uh, but the uh, we never had had an incident, so it's, it's all good now. Right. Stopping stopping operations well, was definitely the right choice because we didn't have a, a, a true professional level risk management system. I see, which is ironic, right? Because we guys, our job is risk management, and then somehow we are not covered. Yeah, right. In a way, um, the insurance, whatever I. I mean, I have no knowledge about how insurance works. Uh, I didn't either. <laughs> okay. And maybe I'm learning that was now. the reason yeah. Yeah. that CGC realized a little bit later uh, that insurance somehow didn't work the way so yeah. was, we thought that would work. Yeah. Um, but then, is there like any like solution? I mean, to be honest, in the past, that, okay, so, so the $50 daily fee or after that, it's like $75, I think. Mm-hmm. That, um, I think that I'm, I'm willing, say, if I run a trip, another trip, I'm willing to pay more. Yeah. Right? Because at that time, I did think that, well, is that sustainable? Right? Because, I mean, CGC obviously need to, I mean, even though we have very minimum admin, uh, cost, which doesn't mean that those people don't do a lot of work, but I'm just saying that we don't repay 
uh, a lot yeah. of the network. And then also, obviously, I don't know how much cost is insurance, but I did have that thought, just like, huh. Let's pay some more. Right, exactly. Yeah. Would, would that even work? No? Yes. Yeah. There's uh, so so backing up a little bit. You're not alone. It, it, everyone who looks at it critically and and uh, with any level of understanding of how business works uh, can acknowledge that the CGC, as it was operating, was was a really really good deal. Right to the point where it's probably too good to be true. Exactly. And what we've learned now is it was too good to be true. Uh, and we've, you know, we, we shut down operations as a result. Uh, and we're all willing to pay more. Or or let our clients pay more. Of, you know, and, and let us get paid right, more. Right. Let us get paid less. However we want to frame it, right? Uh, it's just a matter of doing it. it. It As it is now, the what we've learned is that for... Permits and insurance guides, you know, a company, the, the, let's see, what's the best way to phrase this? The entity company that holds the permits and insurance needs to collect money from the clients. That's job number one. Okay. All right. Yeah. Because. That's not how we were doing it before, right? Right. Yes, go ahead. And then for the most part, uh, the guides need to be paid as as employees with, in accordance with labor laws and, and tax law. That's just a normal company. That just describes every other guide service that's out there. Yeah, because... The- that's how the Institute does it. That's how the Mountain Guides does it. That's how, you know, single permit holder in Joshua Tree does it. They, you know, uh, it's, it's a company, holds a permit, has insurance, collects the money, pays a guide in accordance with labor and tax laws uh and that's what we that's what the cgc needs to do okay the just so just operate as like a normal in quote company because i the only other especially as it pertains to the requirements of insurance and land managers okay we want to be as normal as possible because i know that (laughs) say rei is a co-op yeah uh, and then they also have REI Adventures. I don't know yeah. with it, but basically they are they do collect money. Yeah, and then they have employees. Yeah. Who, who are the guides and whatever. Mm-hmm. So maybe they operate in the way that you just described. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. It's a, it and and for the CGC, it, it's totally doable. It's just a more robust uh, administrative system than we've ever had before, and the the board is four of us guides and and. And then we have Jeff Unger, uh, is is he's on the board now as well. So five five members of the board, um, and we're all busy and and, Definitely and such, busy. and yes. we're navigating. Uh, we've been working for months and months to see if there's still some clever way of doing this, clever workaround <laughs> way of doing this, and we've only now recently resigned to the idea that the solution has to be, you know, from the playbook. Uh, now, and that's a that's a that's a big task, and it's going to look very different. The margins are going to be different for guides. The some of the client interactions are going to be different. Some of the trip registration and approval and such processes are going to be different. Uh, 
but more importantly, the the biggest obstacle is just the the logistical rea- realities of of setting up a business, all the business structures. Your your normal guide service take you know any of the guide services we could rattle off. I'm not going to put anyone on the spot here. Uh, started with an individual who wanted to take people out in the mountains and had a good idea for it and a branding strategy and a, and maybe a mountain or a region they operate in and ran the trips themselves and ran the booking themselves and then eventually needed another guide and they grew organically from there into this, you know, there are companies now that cover much of the country uh, and run trips overseas, but they grew there organically and we're the CGC members are accustomed now to working all around the country and all around the world. Uh, and the, 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 the crux to, to the a crux is to, to scale up to that in some fashion without the, 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 the patience of organic growth. Uh, okay. Or, or we intentionally downscale somehow to start back up either start up in one specific spot or one specific state or something like that. It's one idea we have. Then then you become a little bit different vision, right? Compared to the original vision. Right? Because original well, backtrack a little bit, you say originally just like, okay, for those IFNGF guides from other countries be able to operate here. But then gradually it moved into that okay, um, the guides can purchase some share from the CGC and then they can run their trip or contribute some of their pay to CGC to cover some costs or whatever. Yeah. And then, so during that transition, is the mission of CGC kind of changed? Uh, And what exactly was that? Yeah, so, well... Prior to the prior to this year's drama, the, the what we were doing had changed. Even the there is a it was possible for the CGC to provide that reciprocal access in some places. A, a, a Swiss guide could come and work in Indian Creek, fully legally, legitimately, uh, through the CGC. Prior to this year. No, well, I should say, as it turns out, not fully covered by insurance, but no different than than a uh, than an American guide. So it did provide this level of reciprocal access. Uh, however, there's very little uh, participation in that. Okay. Um, because for that Swiss guide or Canadian guide or whatever, it was quite expensive. They had to buy in the full thousand dollars and and activate the membership and it, it just was no one was coming to do it on a volume that was meaningful enough uh so it did serve that purpose what it it also served to uh i i think in these last 20 years you know as i've watched the the business morph there's a lot more of guides like myself who are working who are generating their own business more so than it used to be uh and, the, and those guides were coming to the CGC to run some trips. They were teaching avalanche courses in Colorado and Washington, and they were uh, ice guiding in Canada and rock guiding in Moab, and we'd get the permit here in Red Rocks every once in a while, the 10-day permit and stuff like that. And the, uh, and then there was 
guides were able to cover their independent work in the Alps through the CGC insurance, uh, or theoretically. Um, so the, the CGC grew to, to serve a broad and diverse and meaningful amount of guide business, um, of American guides, U.S. resident, U.S. citizen guides, U.S. certified guides. Uh, yeah, and it can still do that. And that's what we're focusing on now. The reciprocity thing, I, I, I'm sort of speaking out of my depth when I talk on the reciprocity thing. I don't fully understand how it has to work. I don't know what the AMGA's obligations really are. I know there is an obligation. I don't know how it's phrased or what have you. Uh, but there is an obligation there. And the, and the, my fantasy is that an entity, like the, the CGC or something similar, uh, could serve, uh, independent guides like, like myself, like ourselves, uh, when we want to work in Indian Creek and the Flatirons and wherever, and maybe even more places, more and more places, and be big enough with, with some sort of, it could sponsor, uh, I think it's, I think that's the right terminology, sponsor a foreign guide to come and work in the U.S. Uh, I see. You know, like the same as how a ski resort has, guides from overseas come you know you go to jackson Hole mountain resort and everyone's name tag says new zealand and peru you know and the special type of visa I, i'm way out of my depth here but i think that an entity that was focused on serving independent guides and somehow considering the reciprocity question could do that somehow okay but that's a that's a critical critical and critically large scale of an operation to do that Right, and it might mean that costs money to sponsor these foreign guides to come here and work within the the U.S. system. It might mean that that uh, guides working overseas in France, U.S. guides working overseas in France, subsidize that somehow. Okay, I don't know. <clears throat> Excuse Maybe me. not. That now we're now we're going really in the weeds, but it could the, an entity like the CGC or the CGC. We may have to rebrand. That's why I keep hedging my terms here uh, from a co-op in order to satisfy the, the bean counters. Um, but whatever that entity is, way down the road at a much larger scale, I think could still serve to address the reciprocity question. Right. Yeah. But right now, like the boards are thinking hard about what that might be. Yes. All right. We might need somebody like Elon Musk to s- s- <laughs> yeah. spare like a billion from the pur- uh, purchase yeah. of Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Whatever Twitter's worth anymore, right? Right. I mean... Um, CGC might be worth more than Twitter right now. <laughs> <laughs> that, that I don't know. Yeah. Because right now it's the X. So right, you, yeah. you never know. It's unknown. <laughs> yeah. X. Whew. Wow. Questions on all that? Did that make any sense? You think? Yes. Um, and I I kind of like to say that I'm always in this guiding thing. I'm like long term optimistic. 
it just a lot of time you somehow you don't see solution within six months or even two years but then i mean when you like i know that you work hard and i met jeff and he's such a great guy and he works really hard on the cgc so people are pulling their talent and think about the thing so something's gonna happen but then it just it just takes time it takes time and it's really like i'm more optimistic in the short term even maybe than you are oh okay because i mean it's challenging what we do that doesn't pay that well <laughs> uh and it's complicated by bureaucratic matters way above our heads but it's still a really cool way to make a living yeah i mean can you elaborate that a little bit like what do you mean by it's a really cool way to make a living i mean take people all the the same reasons we first got into it right are still relevant yes you know years and years into this right Mm -hmm. uh and i i don't think we need to be quite so pessimistic on it that working on it all, back to the very basics of the problem, as you put it, you know, the crux is this, the, the access situation, the permit situation. We can flip that script and, and, and say that, like, working on public, U.S. public land, one of the best, like, things we've ever done in the United States is preserve all this land. So working on it in the first place is a privilege. Mm. Uh, and if it means I have to file four different w-2s every year or or eight or ten or whatever it is like that's sort of minor in the grand scheme of things to to have this these amazing wilderness landscapes that we also get to make a living on like i i think one of our i don't think we want to make too big a deal about how we i'd be afraid of like making a big deal about what we do and attracting enough attention that that it gets even more regulated. Maybe that's okay. A weird I, I mean, angle. I totally understand though, because like, um, so I'm from Taiwan originally, and we have this small climbing area, right? And then the local climber all just like, okay, we try our best, as you know, train, and then so we don't and have very good rescue set up, like the procedure and training, so then we don't have accident that attract media attention. So then this area is not going to get closed, right? So it's kind of like the similar thing is that we don't want to jeopardize the... Yeah, I mean, and yeah. That's, that, 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 that shouldn't... That doesn't make me sit on my laurels here, sit on my sit on, sit back and, and relax, but it's just... I, I, I have to tell myself that to put this all in perspective. Okay. You know, as frustrating as it is and as limiting as it seems and as tenuous as our jobs seem, like, we're still going out to play in the, the world's greatest protected spaces. Right. I mean, on a daily it, basis. It's, you know? it's, it's a cool way yeah. Um, to, yeah, make a living, as you put it. And so obviously you think it's a sustainable profession. Yeah, for sure. Right, because we, I mean, when before our early chat, we were talking about the running joke about 
the pizza thing. What was it? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's the difference between a pizza, a large pizza, and a mountain guide? Right. Yeah, the the large pizza can feed a family of four. I don't have I have a family of three, and and we're still eating. <laughs> so I mean, maybe that's because you have family of three. That right. Yeah. Yeah. We can't we can't afford them. Right. Don't have another kid for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, if you have another kid, I will de- deliver pizza. To <laughs> Fair enough. All right. All right. No. Yeah. Good to know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's we're gonna keep pushing it and good to keep figuring it out. I, I think though that the the the, the solution the six months out nothing's gonna change. Six years out, the the solution is going to be within this system. We're all gonna be employees of entities that hold permits you know the the pipe dream and the better arrangement is is access credential based access where the 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 individuals by virtue of their their peer-reviewed skills and uh and practices are are entitled to to work on public land but it's just not going to happen so the the solution a solution is uh, somehow within the system where we're all working as employees of permitted insured entities that hold the permits. Like I said, yeah, hold yeah. the permits. And that's that's not that hard. It's just a matter of doing it. Right. Uh, in fact, it's it's it, in some ways when we, when we finally learned that like all the different clever things we were trying to do with the CGC were, were not going to work. It was somewhat liberating to, to realize that we're, we don't have to, not only do we not have to invent, reinvent the wheel, we, we can't, we have to, we have to like fall into line and join the system. Right. And, and do it better, do it with better margins and lower overhead so that guides can keep more in their pockets. Uh, and do it with with big picture matters like reciprocity in mind or in the, on the fant- fantastical level, uh, but it's gonna it's we're still at the end of the day that for the foreseeable future we're gonna be W two employees of, of permitted entities, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, just like you said, right? If we say we won't be an entity, right? I mean, there's so many. It's just like it's not hard. It just take effort to just make it happen. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, but it's it's nice because we are trying to find other creative solutions. For sure. Right, and then that's what like typically. I mean, in the grand schema, is what guys do. I mean, we look at all sorts of options, and then sometimes what's left is. Is the, is the way to go right yeah, yeah seeking seeking simple creative solutions to complex problems mm-hmm. <laughs> great uh yeah well then um, thank you you kind of cheer me out a little bit and i <laughs> i know that y'all work hard but i just don't know because i don't know how many members in the cgc so a lot of time it could be like too many cooks in the kitchen and all pressure the board and uh that that could happen i'm just imagining i'm not trying to say that people do that just but then there will be more idea opinions um and all that and it's just very hard to get everybody in the same room at the same time to 
somehow figure out a consensus. Yeah, I think I think we have a good structure. Uh, the 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 obstacles just normal life realities of those of us involved. You know, I think we have. I have the fewest children of anyone on the board, for instance. <laughs> Okay. It's a, it's a oh, fairly. Oh, then I might have to be a little bit pissed out to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, we're we're busy folks. Um, right. Running, you know, trying to make a living ourselves and have have lives and and do the CGC thing. Yeah. Well, that's so slowing us down a little. Let me know anything I can help. For sure. Yeah. 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 Um. Then maybe. Well, then maybe we'll have a hold on the CGC because we. Kind of, I have to wait for a little bit until. Yeah. I mean, I know that you send out regular updates. Yeah. So. Trying to. Um, yeah. Thank you very much for just like. Uh, I mean, right now I'm not relying on it, so I might have a lot more patience. And so, uh, but I still appreciate all those updates. I just like, oh, what's going on, you know? And because, in a way, that for guides, uh, solving problem. It's what we do. So it's kind of interesting, even though I'm not part of the team that's trying to solve the problem. But I really love to see like how, as a collective, we solve the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then let's go back to a little bit of like your yearly review. Mm-hmm. Because I, I really like that you put it out there. Then what was your motivation? Uh... I always want to know about other, basically my motivation is I want to know it about, I want to know that information myself from others and, and, uh, so you kind of like, okay, then yeah. I would. Yeah. That, that yeah. was the initial motivation. And I also think it's, uh, it's the only meaningful thing, you know, as, as our conversation, uh, collectively, has gone towards like uh dei type stuff diversity matters and and increasing the representation in 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 the guiding business it, it seemed like a a tiny little thing that i could do to to demystify the profession mm. to a to a broader uh audience um because so, it's easy, like one of the one of the obstacles to to joining the profession has long been cited as is, uh, you know, you have to know someone to to learn how it all works, you know. Oh, and, and, okay, yes, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we only know people who are more like us, you know, uh, and and then we all end up looking the same. And I mean, I look just like every other. The, the, I look like the the typical mountain guide for sure. <laughs> middle-aged white dude <laughs> losing my hair uh <laughs> but um it seemed like something i could do as a middle-aged white dude losing my hair to to demystify pull back the veil on, on what the profession looks like uh on a broader on a broader scale so that someone who's being said okay if somebody like cold call you say oh you know how to become a guy you say look at my yearly review yeah you, or, you uh, probably have some even the, even that person who cold called me uh, might have faced some obstacle. Just put it out there, so it do, they don't have no any people don't even have to call me. Don't have to ask me what I make for a living, right? Because you I already know, have this it's, FAQ. It's just here. there. It's just there for for people who have no connection to me otherwise 
to to see. Okay, so uh, can you um, say elaborate again? What what did you put on the review again? Uh, wage information, uh, cost, client cost information. Um, the the nature of the work is uh, like whether it's rock climbing, ice climbing, alpine climbing, ski guiding. So you categorize categorize those stuff. Days. Uh, I've I don't know if I've reported on this, but the so the review is is generated from my my daily post trip self debrief questionnaire in a spreadsheet form, and uh, I keep information on. Uh, Field days worked, but also nights away from home. Oh, okay, yeah. In 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 support of that, those field days worked. Uh, success rate, summit summit percentage. As okay, in, it can be drawn out of the uh, the data there, and I think I've reported on that. Um, nature of client contact, whether it was returning or directly to me or wow, off okay. the dock, yeah. stuff like that. I think I've reported on. Uh, I know I've reported on that actually. Yeah, just and then every once in a while something more subjective, just to just to like give a little glimpse into uh, into the guiding life. A few years ago, one of the questions I ask is like, "What's something I learned today while working?" Right, and a few years back, uh, I noticed that an overwhelming number of times, like one out of every three days or something, I would, I would write into that field that, that I was, one of the things I learned is that I was capable of doing the job. Uh, like I was, I was, I was surprised at how well I had done that day. Oh, okay. And, and, and it, so it pointed to this like disconnect between my confidence and, and, like, like I, performance, maybe or something, a, a confidence disconnect, and and I shared that story in the in the po- in the yearly review, just to show the the value of con- collecting more subjective data and seeing patterns in that. Right. So basically, you you give yourself a review, and then you also so you have objective numbers. Yeah. And then you also have some subjective, just kind of like compare yeah. to your past years or. Yeah. Okay. That's really cool. And do you know any other people do such thing? I think lots of guides. Many guides have asked me for the template. I share it readily, the the daily template. Uh, and then I think a time or two when I post it to the AMGA Facebook group, a time or two people have shared some of their own numbers. And, right, I saw and some of them sharing on the comments. Uh, so they, they must be collecting the information as well, yeah. That's kind of interesting. I wonder whether AMGL is like an entity they could like have something like that. And why, why, why people think it's that mysterious of like becoming a guide? It kind of is mysterious to me still. I don't know. I mean, in in what way? For me, it's just like okay. So right now, that so a lot of people are just like okay. Maybe I'll I'll get my SPI because that's the the most entry level, mm-hmm. whatever. But then they were like, "Okay, I'm an SPI. How am I gonna find work?" Right. Right. Yeah. Right? It's just I, like, where can I find work? I think that right now the conversation is very much about the 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 conversation on mountain guiding, climbing guiding, all this stuff right now. 
is focused on the, the training and certification. That sort of is the is the vocabulary with which we have this conversation. Is what which courses have you taken? Where where should I start? You know, and and which courses are you gonna take next? And are you working within your SOP or not? You know, that's that is the that is the language of our community in a sense right now. Which is an interesting when you step back and look at that, sort of a, it tells something about the, our phase of our community, like maturity, if you will. You know, I guess my fantasy is that our conversation can move somewhat beyond that into definitely right into other things. You know, uh, but it wouldn't. You know, watching from afar or watching, you know, trying to get into it, you wouldn't be wouldn't be wrong to conclude that the if you're if you're aspiring to be a guide or, or interested in being a guide and you were to, to to listen in on our our collective conversation uh at the crag on mountain project through our guide organization through the podcasts uh you wouldn't be wrong to conclude that the the training and certification is what informs the whole thing you get the training you can then work you can that's your that's what you get uh but as we know, that's not all there is to it, right? Yes. We, the, the, there's the access thing, the, the public land matters we've been talking about. There's the, the clients and the nature of the business, the ebb and flow of the business and the trends in the business and the trends and what clients want and need and what they're capable of. And that's, stuff. that's the real thing. I mean, it's I like, think so. I think I, so. Yeah, for the sure. Certification is like, okay, you got like your bachelor degree, you got a master degree, but yeah. you still... All those graduates need to say intern, and then they learn the ins and outs if they, they first started working in the company, yeah. and then eventually they maybe they want to do their startup. Yeah. So, but but that's like we're still sort of having the conversation whether you need the degree in the first place or not, right? <laughs> uh, okay. Right. <laughs> sure. Uh, uh, which is fine. We're supposed. Yeah. This is the, we're we're having the conversations we're supposed to have collectively. I'm right. Not, I'm not. Uh, Disconnect that. I'm just pointing out that it, you know, we can also be in, in in mentorship role, you know, in terms of demystifying what this field is. You know, it's uh, it is training and certification and experience and such, but it's also business realities and it's you know trends and client realities on a, on a on a big picture and then on a small scale, like serving these clients individually and so on and so forth. You know. Definitely. I mean, uh, certainly when I go through the training, I was stressed about training, right? But then when I start working, then I just like, all right, is this really gonna work? Yeah. Right? New stresses. <laughs> right? New, new stresses, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, oh, ah, getting certification is relatively easy. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But then, yeah. how do you run, say you're independent, you're, you're running a business, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Even though in the format of form or whatever on the surface is you don't own the business but you actually do running a business yeah yeah wow so so those are the thing you think is the most like the more or less opaque thing this i think so okay yeah and 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 viability we didn't even touch on the, the 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 viability the 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 financial viability of doing this as a profession. Right. Is that uh, a real job? 
Is it a real job? Yeah. I think so. It feels right. pretty unreal to me. It keeps me up sometimes. It pays the bills. It, right. I, I think... pay attention to it. It feels pretty darn real. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. People really want it. And then would you Some choose need it? to have a second kid? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. Right. No, probably yeah. not. We're, we're, we're <laughs> okay. good with one. <laughs> right. I mean, obviously, um, according to you, it's like, yeah, you know, I can do it as a living. Right. And then, so you are, oh, you, you call yourself this middle aged white dude. And then I'm also like 40 something. Well, I don't know what middle aged, well, I don't know the definition of middle aged anymore. I'm 44. But, oh, okay. Yeah. So we are both in our 40s. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then people, because I've seen a lot of people just like, oh, I'm getting old. Right. So that kind of, okay. That I have another question for you. I've seen you working with uh, Mark Smiley, mm-hmm. uh, so I was wondering whether he's doing a little bit transition into less field day and more like of his mountain skill. That's class. what it seems like to me. Yeah, he still guides some, uh, but that he's 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 a he's a brilliant entrepreneur. He's out there making these online courses and. Right. And, and beyond climbing now, they've got, uh, I, I'm not going to blow up their spot, but they've got non-climbing related courses they're okay. making now. Maybe I should do yeah. an interview with Mark Smiley. Oh, he's great. Like, hey, look, you know, entrepreneurship can be something interesting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. On the topic of creativeness in our, in our field, like there's no one more creative than Mark Smiley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So... I'm just wondering whether you're also well. You were doing the field part of uh, you collaborate with like it was one of his program, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot like avalanche skiing, mm-hmm. right? So, are you also thinking like you could potentially do like less field work and then transition? <laughs> I, that's probably not my jam. Uh, okay. Uh, I I I I like this business. I like this community. I probably will not work in the outdoor business in a, in a fashion that's not field guiding. Okay. It, uh, I, I love guiding more than anything, uh, in terms of profession, professional passions, but anything else seems like all the hassle and none of the perks, (laughs) you know, the (laughs) 10, you know, the tenuousness of the outdoor business, the, the 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 commercialism of it. You know, a lot of the anything else you do in the outdoor business is basically selling stuff, gear. Oh, okay, I see. You know, or or we also or, kind of sell. We sell experience. We sell experiences, yeah, and yeah. I, yeah, we sell experiences, and that's that's awesome. And and uh, I, I I I I I love selling experiences, and I'm probably not. I'm just not as interested in selling anything else. Yes, in the outdoors for some reason. Uh, so yeah, if I had any exit strategy, would be likely non-outdoor, something not in the outdoor business. I see. Yeah. Well, I do some gear writing. I sell stuff, <laughs> <laughs> and that's, and it doesn't. I don't like that. I guess, but it's it's very healthy. It feels like a healthy side hustle if something were to happen to me physically i've always got this right because we, we somehow we can't get injured but that's also part of the 
game. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I, so I don't know what I'm saying about about transitioning. I, I want a field guide until until I'm done working. I'll I'll say that your favorite part is field guiding. For sure. Right. But yeah. certainly right, I mean you probably have disability insurance and, and all that. I don't have disability insurance. Uh, okay. <laughs> but we have we have rental those rental properties right, and the yeah. freelance writing. Uh and my wife's got all kinds of mad skills we could tap into if we need to. Uh, she's not working right now. She's momming, but um, so like something to fall back. We've on, got we right? got lots of things to fall back. on. Yeah, because that that's the thing, right? I talk to people, just like it. I mean, sometimes an accident happens, then you got injured, and then you you, don't, you can't work in the field. Then, right. Then what to do? You still have a family of three or four. Right. Yeah. <laughs> to feed. Yeah, have something yeah. in mind. Right. I, I I did substitute teaching for a long time. Oh, okay. That was my yeah. back pl- backup plan, and it worked really well because it's I could just keep my foot in the door with a, a little bit of substitute teaching, but it's always the thing I could ramp up rapidly as needed. Right, so. and then in one of the um, posts, I remember you mentioned something like on the line of self care. You you were talking about the physical therapy thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe yeah. prehab or I have a, I have a PT on speed dial, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I just just got off the phone today with a with a coach. I think I'm going to employ a coach this winter for just to structure the training a little bit. Right. Uh, right, because that's yeah. also like your your investment in yourself, so then you can stay longer. Well, that's in that, the field. If if that's you know, I you you use the phrase right, like we we run ourselves like a business. I forget how you put it, but like each of us guides is a business. It is. You know, and our body is, is an asset, like in a business sense. Yeah, so you right? need to take care of it. You have it. to take care of it. Uh, and if, if even if you're working strictly off the dock work, you go to Denali and the Tetons and Red Rocks and Avalanche courses and Denali and, Red, you know, Teton, you know, if you do, the, do some circuit where you don't have to generate your own clientele, you're just plugging and chugging. At the very least, you're still maintaining the the asset that does the work, right? Yeah. Uh, and in that way. Right. I mean, Cardney madness. I mean, we need madness. Yes, yes. exactly. And and so at every level, we have to think of ourselves as a business and in all the same business senses, assets, uh, costs, benefits, so on and so forth. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Do you also put that in your yearly review? Like that's the cost that you put in as an investment in yourself. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> okay. I, I don't really try and quantify it. Right. It'd be, it'd be terrifying to. I mean, you to can actually... put it in the business cost. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah of course. Mm-hmm. But to, but to fully own how much any of us rely on our bodies would be. True. A little depressing because <laughs> <laughs> they're they're we're, we're vulnerable, you know. Right. True. Who? I mean, it's it's actually interesting to talk about it because I'm I don't know. I mean, it's nice for you to remind me that I don't have to be even short term pessimistic. I can be short. Well, that's good. <laughs> I mean, I'm optimist. I'm an optimistic person, but I just I can't predict when things will change and then if things change obviously it's just like you know once you climb to a certain level like improvement improvement is very hard to see but then you 
maybe you have to wait for like say I don't know how long and look back. It's like oh yes, I mean, I, I improve,、mm-hmm. right? So that's kind of the nature of one the growth、uh, curve is just gonna look like plateau, like for the career as a whole. Yes. Yeah. Right. I, I think we're still in the steep part of the curve. Oh, so you're、oh, like、yeah. way more optimistic. Oh yeah. This this whole thing with the CGC.、Uh, For instance, Oops, you know,、mm-hmm. it's fully just like still growing pains. We're we're not anywhere near any sort of plateau for for the CGC specifically or individual guides.、Uh, yeah, the guiding business as a whole, even internationally, is very very young. Like we don't really know what we're doing yet. Oh, right. <laughs> That's my take, at least. I mean, in a way,、um, that's probably. Exciting! Oh yeah, yeah. Like you know, once you just like once you're on that flat, it's just like then what am I gonna do? I'm gonna just ride it, you know. But then now you have no. We're we're, we're it's changing a lot and 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 good in good ways. Like in my time, twenty years, like it's entirely different than twenty years ago. Yeah, can you elaborate that? Why why y'all like so optimistic? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not generally an optimistic person, so、oh, okay. <laughs> this,、yeah. is, this is bringing it out of me. But、uh, you know what did you see, right? So you start guiding, like say you say, twenty years ago somehow. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and at the time, or at the time, like the 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 conventional knowledge, right? You'd ask around about guiding, like, oh, it's really hard to get those jobs. No one ever gets them. Okay, well, I get a job. Even once you get a job, like. Most people just do it for a few years and have to get a real job later on. A real job, <laughs>、uh, and that's you know that hasn't. I haven't had to get a real job, real job in quotes, air quotes here. The podcast air quotes,、uh, and then you know, American clients just don't like hiring guides. That's a European thing. You know, we, that was a that was a thing we heard a lot. Yeah. And, and, There's still cultural things here, but like, I think we see now like European style client guide relationships that that we didn't see 20 years ago. You know, in the in the Tetons in the winter, there's there's a, a growing culture of weekly ski groups that hire a guide, and、uh, there are there are dozens of them now, and that that's cool. That wasn't happening 20 years ago,、um, and then the number of Uh, the participation in in the you know avalanche courses, the SPI courses, the interest in in I think this is a, this is an opportunity for someone out there.、Uh, the interest in like AMGA level education, but for recreational climbers is is huge.、Uh, like professional level education without all the the guide BS.、Uh, Is a huge opportunity.、Um, obviously, the growth in just the climbing business in general, the gym thing, the greater numbers everywhere, plethora of more and more developed climbing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think、yeah. it's. I think it's. I think we're in the steep part of the the learning curve here as a business. Awesome. As a community. So, which means that we are also should be. Thinking about creative ways and solution to kind of ride this steep curve. Yeah, for yeah. sure.、Mm-hmm. Creative, like 
right now, creative going forward, understanding that what didn't, what used to work won't work anymore. You know, all the, yeah. Right. Everything creative, forward, backwards, present. And then maybe I, um, last question for you is like, uh, why do you love uh, guiding this much? Uh, it's the people. It's the people. For sure. Uh, there's no, I still can't think of any other profession in which the the professional gets to spend hours, days, weeks sometimes, months sometimes with with their clients, you know? And in a way, it's also a quite intimate relationship. Extremely intimate. Yes. Yeah. Extremely intimate. They're, yeah, yeah, like... Yeah, that that's the, that's what it's all that's what I like about it. And if there were if there was some other way to make a living and have that level of connection and intimacy with with random people, like <laughs> I'd do that too probably. But that we get to do it in these spectacular landscapes, like that's a pretty sweet bonus too. Nice. Yeah. Thank you so much. And I know there are probably a lot of questions that uh, well, we are hitting one, uh, slightly more than an hour right now. So I'm going to close this today's podcast. But uh, if you have any questions, uh, contact me. And do you mind people contact you directly? Or oh, Of course. Okay, yeah. so what's the best way to find you? Uh, Jed.guide is my website. <laughs> and then that's also where you put your yearly reviews yeah the yearly reviews go there it's my email address there phone numbers there okay i'll definitely put that on that on the show notes www.jed.guide or or (laughs) jed.ski right this is ski your favorite discipline uh probably yeah okay yeah obviously i'm like rock um so um great so if you have any questions you think just like come on tinting ask better questions just write to me and then I'll contact you. Or you can contact you directly on your own. And then, or if we have enough questions, we could do a follow-up to our Zoom jet. I, I bet he can spare a day. Oh, an, I mean, an hour or so for me. Yeah, that'd be cool. We could do that. Great. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.